Welcome to The Blend Podcast. Your hosts, Tom Payani and Brendan Cox, take a closer look at the fascinating world of e-learning through the lens of education and design. The podcast is brought to you by Blend Interactive Content, and you can find us on LinkedIn or at blend.training. Hello, Brendan. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, Tom. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very well, thanks. Very well. We're coming up to the end of the year. Yeah, 2021. <laughs> yeah, I think like everyone else is looking forward to 2022. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's been a bit yeah, of a crazy yeah. one, hasn't it? So. It has, it has. But let's stay positive. Um, yep. So as it's, as it's towards the end of the year now, I've mm-hmm. got some questions for you. Okay. I've got some okay. questions on your thoughts for, for, you know, the e-learning industry in general this year and you know, how you think you've changed and blends changed throughout this year. So I thought I'll just give you some quick fire questions and see how you get on. Okay. Sounds good to me. All right. All right. Let's start with this one. So how do you think you've improved in 2021? That, and you can take that question as you want, professionally, personally, through blend, however you want to answer that. Okay. I would say I've become a lot more reductive. So I'm a lot better at removing fat because we've had a lot of meetings this year and we realized quite quickly how much time that takes up if you let them go on for too long. So I've started, well, by the end of this year, we've got a lot better at, all of our meetings tend to be less than half an hour with clients as well as each other. And we also design, so we get to the point and we try and get to the, like the essence of the project. And so I think it's streamlining quite nice. our processes. Yeah, like streamlining our processes and streamlining the communication with clients as well. So I've noticed that significantly from the ones that we were doing at the beginning of the year to the ones now. Everything's a lot, lot more straightforward and a lot more transparent and a lot clearer. Yeah, and I think just adding on to that, I think when you tend better at what you're doing and more effective and efficient in what you're doing fat does remove itself from processes because you're not hiding behind fluff are you yeah that's the thing i think that if we're critical about what we do and we care about doing it properly we aren't gonna let the fat sit there because it's just not needed all right let's let's move on then um have you changed your mind on anything regarding e-learning this year anything in the e-learning industry is there something you're that you've changed your opinion on um i suppose because this is our second year and it's sort of my i'm finding more and more out about e-learning and instructional design as i'm going because obviously i came in from the design background and i think with time i've come to realize that all of these different bits of terminology and different approaches and different systems and all these different ways of looking at it are actually kind of, if you sit back from it all, actually are pointing towards the same thing. And so it's not so much I've changed my mind about it, but more like I feel more focused about what good e-learning should be. The only real reason to learn something is to be able to do something. And the only reason you do something is because you are in a situation where that's needed basically a scenario 
So in theory, if you can't think of a scenario where someone would use something, there's really no point teaching them it because it's just wasting their time and your time. And it's that thing of. Yeah, I think there's some exceptions to that rule in more Mm. academics ways of thinking. But I think you're right in terms of, you know, businesses, you know, employee training, that sort of thing. If there's no practical application of the training, then, yeah, it's redundant, isn't it? Yeah, it's that thing of when you're designing something, you're asking why. It's really important because if they're, if you can't answer the why, then you really are wasting your time doing something. And so for me, it was the realisation that actually the best approach to something is to put it into a scenario and use that to teach the learner. And if you can't actually put it into a scenario, maybe question why it is you've got they were teaching them it in the first place. And like you say, there's other things where there's different ways of doing it for different applications. But in general, the kind of clients and customers that we're working with, that rule sort of applies. And now that switch has sort of flipped in my head, I realise that actually it's kind of given me quite good clarity about every project as we approach it. Well, I also think that that links back to question one. I think by questioning why and making sure there's a practical application or there's a scenario where that training can be used by definition that will cut the fat off the training itself what has inspired you this year i would say some of the computer games i've played so there's a lot more independent games getting onto the platforms that stream computer games now so there's like google has stadia which is you pay per month and you get access to games and they stream it through one of the chrome devices that you just plug in and then you've just got a controller you don't have to have a console and it's just come straight over the internet and so there's loads of little games popping up that you can buy and try and uh, there's things like steam which um, is a platform that lets you buy them uh, for pc and mac and things and there's a game specifically that i got my hands on that's called disco elysium and it's like a, a point and click detective adventure like very much in the vein of the ones that we love and inspired our content detectives project on the website. And everything looks hand-painted, so it looks incredible. And you wake up as an amnesiac cop first thing at the beginning of the game. And what's really interesting about it is that the the scripting and the dialogue is really well written. And you're trying to work out what you're even there for. Like you don't even realise you're a detective when you wake up. And you're there to solve a murder and you're on this little island and it's in this sort of dystopian future. And what's really impressive is that quite often in computer games, your internal monologue happens outside of the game. So say you're playing a game and you're like, "Mm, this this character's, I've got an option here. I could do this or I could do that. That internal monologue actually happens external to the game. Like you have it in real life. And once you've had it, you then make your decision and play the game. And for the first time that I've ever seen it, they've actually created characters that narrate to you as you're about to make the decisions. So you have a almost like an inner dialogue, but in the game. So you're talking to a character and they'll be like, oh, you need to pay your hotel tab. And in your in your head, in this sort of dialogue column down the side of the game, these thoughts pop up and they're all they're all different actors and they've all got different accents. and They've got different tones in which they speak. And so there'll be your uh, savoir-faire, which is your kind of wanting to get away with stuff and you're uh, a troublemaker and just cheeky. 
will be like, oh, don't even pay him. Just run away. You can get away. He's not that fast. And then there'll be one where like, come on, you're supposed to be a cop. You should really pay this. It means that the game internalizes that sort of monologue and actually leads you in different paths and pushes you against your own normal sense of judgment, which is super interesting. And then as you choose the directions to go in, if you choose to ease yourself in a direction that's more cheeky and naughty or something else, the the more times you do it, that will start constructing the personality of your character. So if you're a nightmare and just constantly causing trouble all the time, that will start forming your personality traits. And then the reactions people have to you will be more in line with that type of personality. So it's absolutely fascinating because you're basically growing a personality for this amnesiac character as you go along. And for me, it was really interesting because i've never thought about it that way and the idea of can you lead people down directions that they might not think of doing and also can you surprise them because what it does is it it leads you and teases you into making decisions and taking choices that mean that you definitely fail so you won't get away you'll get caught someone will knock you out you'll drop the thing down the drain and lose it or you'll say the wrong answer and the person will hang up. But then those mistakes that you make in a normal game, it'd be like, oh, oh, reload your save, start again. But actually you get something out of these mistakes. They all change the narrative and you start like in real life, not being able to just restart. And so the, the, the structure of it and the scenario changes depending on everything you do by messing up, you'll actually unlock things that you wouldn't get if you'd have succeeded. So it's a really fascinating way of doing branch scenarios and like branch storytelling. So well, yeah, anyway, I mean, as you were explaining that, as you were, as you were explaining that to me, all I could think of was this could this would be super cool in an e-learning context, maybe in leadership training, yeah. you know, soft skills training, something like that, where you have this angel and this devil on your shoulder, or these different actors giving you different points of view that that allow you to change your decision making in real time and influence your decision making in real time that would be super super interesting to use in an e-learning and training context as well because imagine if you did like soft skills where at the beginning you do a diagnostic test where you find out what the sort of personality traits this person has and then throughout the training you start using that narrative to question their own strengths and weaknesses in a way that helps them overcome them it could be fascinating and it wouldn't even like from a technical perspective it wouldn't even have to be that complicated it could just be text like that that classic one with the the money where you have to balance your budget and you have to try and keep a job and pay for things at the same time and so you could actually technically keep it very simple but have a really complex um structure that means that it evolves exactly to the person while they're doing it so yeah it's, it's super interesting to me and i think it's something that i want to explore going forward cool um what has been your highlight of the year i would say the first time that a client got in contact with us completely out of the blue and they'd found us online because the first year that we were set up obviously everything comes through word of mouth we chase after clients we go hunt them down we speak to our contacts everything's word of mouth and a lot of it is obviously building it to the company to a point where we have a sales funnel 
And so we're not just always our energies are going into chasing clients. They're actually start to see us and come to us. And so that was basically my highlight was when we just started getting contacted by clients who wanted us to pitch because it meant that what we'd built was working, which is really satisfying. And it was a nice bit of validation for what we've done and the route, the route that we've chosen to go down. All right. And one more question. Hmm. What challenges have you overcome this year? I would say the challenges we've overcome were streamlining everything. Again, it's this thing of reduction in that up till now, even in graphic design, whenever we have to pitch for stuff, you have to put loads of information in and all this extra stuff. And we realized that you're trying to explain what you're going to do for a client by not showing them (laughs) before they pay for it. So there's this weird thing of trying to crowbar information in that you're basically guessing at and hoping that they'll be able to picture it well enough that they'll be like, okay, we'll give you some money. And I suppose the biggest challenge that we've overcome was how do we present to clients in the most efficient way possible where it doesn't waste their time, doesn't waste our time and bridges that gap. So there is no leap of imagination to work out what we could potentially do for them and what the benefits are. And so that's basically what we've been doing this year is iteratively reducing and honing our pitches. So I'm really happy with actually like the main challenge that we've got was at the beginning of this year, our pitches explained how we would do it. And now our pitches show how we would do it. Mm. And we can do them in 24 hours from the point of which we first talked to the client. So that's, that's kind of the thing that I'm, I suppose that was the biggest challenge and that's what we've kind of managed to do. Nice one. Well, listen, Brendan, I appreciate, appreciate your answers there and some interesting stuff. Definitely now we're going to go off and do a Miro board on that, uh, that video game you were talking about. Um, that yep. sounds super in- interesting. Yeah, I'm definitely up for that. But um, yeah, cool. It's a pleasure as always, mate. Yep. Chat to you soon. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Blend Podcast. Episodes are available via Google, Apple and Spotify. You can find Blend Interactive content on LinkedIn or at blend.training. Don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.